right. Hello and welcome to the first episode of the sixth round show. Yes. This is Cam, you got Cam and Sam here today. And oh, we're yeah. gonna this is the first episode of our podcast. We're kinda just gonna touch on all things Boston sports from Bruins, Celtics, Patriots, Red Sox. We'll probably even talk a little soccer too. And yeah, it's gonna be we're just gonna try to bring new insight and just have good discussion. As much as as often as we can do it and see where it goes. Bingo. All right. So last night had a pretty incredible Bruins game. Uh, Yeah. Where do you want to start with that, Cam? I mean, I feel like we got to start with David Poss, you know? He showed up in an unreal white and blue floral printed suit. Oh, yeah. And like when someone shows up to a game like that, you kind of know. They're going to go off. And he absolutely did. Yeah. Getting a hat, recording a hat trick in game one against the Islanders. And proved to be a big hat trick. They needed it. The three goals were the different, ended up being the difference in a 5-2 game. Um, Yeah. A couple of them, like the first two I thought were kind of just like he was in the right place at the right time. And credit to him, he put the shot away. But I think a lot of it was good activity from other guys like, Trees Bergeron in particular, I thought, had a big hand in his first yeah. two, but the third goal was just oh purely Pasternak. He dispossessed the defenseman in the neutral zone and then drove to the center of the ice and just ripped a shot by. Yeah, uh, and I mean, Hall's kind of... Sorokin, my fault. Hall's kind of seal there. It was really impressive, like kind of... Yeah, it was. Holding the gap and giving yeah. uh, Pasternak the lane to put it home. Yeah, it also made it tougher. Sorokin to see yeah, where exactly. the puck is going to go. I thought, I thought in general the Bruins did a good job of kind of creating traffic in front of Sorokin, who's obviously the Islanders' rookie goaltender who had a really good series against Pittsburgh, but yeah, he's still a rookie. So they, they obviously see something they like because I think they made it a priority of getting pucks on net, trying to create rebounds, which is how they got a couple of their goals. Yeah. And I was just creating traffic in front of the net on McAvoy's goal. And Nick Ritchie said a really good screen and just where Sorokin had no idea where the puck was going on that one. No clue. I mean, they, they really like, I mean, the shot difference was really impressive. I don't know what it ended up being, but it was in the 40, 20 range. Uh, it was 43, 24. Yeah. So I mean, you got to get the pucks on that in the playoffs uh, and really give exactly. your team the best opportunity to win. And I mean, another thing giving the team the best opportunity to win was the fans in the garden. I mean, definitely. You could, through the TV screen, you could really see how electric that was. I mean, yeah. What a kill. I just missed. Yeah. <laughs> I've just, I just missed those times, like in a playoff environment, like where something happens and the fans are so loud, you can, you can barely hear what the announcers are saying. And yeah. that's, how it was on Pasternak's third goal. Oh, my like, God. Like, I saw someone, I forget who it was, saying that, like, having fans in the garden definitely benefits Pasternak because in his career he's been kind of a guy who feeds off the home crowd. And, yeah. like, when they get hyped up, he seems to play better. So I think, like, that's something that you should definitely watch. And just, like, how much having the full capacity TD garden will benefit Pasternak's performance and just the team in general. I thought – that really made a difference last night, having 17,000 fans yeah. waving yellow towels last night. Yeah, what did, what did you think of the Islanders? I mean, I thought, personally, you know, their kind of forecheck was good. They were good at, like, kind of creating turnovers, but 
you know, they really weren't putting on the puck on the net, obviously, like the Bruins. Yeah. What do you kind of think about that? I, yeah, I agree. I think Islanders are just like a typical fairy trots team, like we saw with the Capitals a few years ago when they won the Cup. Just they play really solid. They're hard to beat. They, they won't beat themselves. You have to beat them. Yeah. And, like, uh, I thought, especially in the first period, the Bruins had a tough time. Yeah. They had a lot of turnovers. Certainly. They couldn't really get the puck out of their own end. But I agree that I don't think the Islanders took enough. They just shot the puck enough. Because, yeah. like, I thought Rask was a little shaky. Like, I thought yeah. the goal by either Pellick or Pulak – it was uh, was it the, the uh, Adam Pellick, the shot from the blue line? Like I yeah. thought, like I mean, it was a good shot. Yeah, it was high, I mean, but like Rast didn't really have any one screening, and like I feel like he could have maybe gotten to that. So yeah, uh, yeah, I was maybe Rask. Maybe Grass was kind of rattled by having so many fans in the garden because obviously he's had his rough moments in the playoffs before so maybe yeah i mean on that Crowd shot could have an opposite effect on that okay. shot my first reaction was like what the hell is rask doing and then i saw the replay and i was a, i was definitely a little more forgiving because like that shot was basically as good as you could have placed it yeah but, i definitely yeah i definitely agree it was a really good shot but i just think there's yeah. a chance rask could have done a little better. yeah no he didn't even he barely moved i mean yeah like he it's like he didn't even see yeah, he got his he got his glove up really late and, yeah Credit to Pellick, it was a really good shot, but yeah, I just hope that that's not a goal that starts Rask on one of his kind of collapses. Yeah, I, I mean, mean, he was good, he, had he, a good, he didn't face saves. a ton of shots, but like he saved 22 or 24 shots. That's pretty good. The first goal was a redirect, yeah, nothing you can do about that one, yeah, yeah. And then I thought that like some of the like I thought. In particular, Patrice Bergeron and David Krejci had really good performances as well. They didn't score goals, but they had Bergeron had two assists. Krejci had three assists. Yeah, Krejci was a uh, plus two. Bergeron was a plus one. Yeah, I just think like, and as the they said after the game when they were giving out the three stars, they gave Bergeron second star that he was all over the ice, like in the defensive zone. Obviously, he's a multiple time Selkie Award winner and. Like I thought he showed it last night, and I think that's going to be something he needs to do in this series and going forward is just continuing to just get his nose in the, those dirty areas on defense and yeah. helping out back there. Yeah, and I, I think Charlie McAvoy, another person who had – I mean, the start of the game, he was a bit shaky. He took that dumb penalty early, right? Am I remembering that correctly? I think, yeah. I, I, He took I, a penalty I thought that early. was a tough call. Honestly. Yeah, yeah, sure. Thought, but like, you know, he got two put... guys battling for possession or battling for position in front of the net and they just caught McAvoy for a trip or a hook. Yeah. Like, I thought yeah. it was kind of borderline. But the way he like rebounded from that, you know, came yeah. obviously he scored in the third to put him ahead. Um and you know, being able to re- rebound like that after taking a penalty in the first period, you know, he really, really impressive young guy. Yeah. I mean he I think he's Averaging a point a game in the playoffs so far and leading the Bruins in time on ice. Yeah. He's pretty much the leader of that defensive core. Yeah. Yeah, I think he's been really impressive. Agreed. Riley. Riley also showed a lot of, like, stability. Yeah, Mike Riley, Mike Riley actually led the Bruins in ice time last night. He's really? proving to be a really good deadline acquisition. Yeah, I think that against the Islanders, especially with their, like, great neutral zone play. Um 
his like yeah. passing ability is super super valuable and probably a reason he was out there for so long. Yeah, uh, I think it'll be also be interesting to see on the injury couple injuries for the Bruins last night. Matt Grizzlick, yeah, went down. He came he back, came back on the ice pretty quickly though, which is good to see because he's really important, especially like as you were saying, with his passing out of the defensive end, just starting to break. Like that's where he really excels, I think. And losing him would be big. Yeah, but it, hope, it looks like he's all right. Hopefully that's the case. But yeah. uh, Craig Smith, yeah, didn't come back in the game. Sounds like. He was not at the optional skate this morning, and yeah. Bruce Cassidy didn't really have an update on whether or not he'd be available. That's I think so that good. could be tough if the, he, he were to go down. I think he's been a really under-the-radar good pickup in the offseason for the Bruins. So obviously, he had the game winner against the Capitals in Game 3 on yeah. that. The Samsonov mistake, but he's been good pretty much throughout the entire season. I think what I was seeing was that Carson Kuhlman would probably be the next guy up because he has experience playing okay. with Krejci. Okay. But like I, he it worries me a little just because he doesn't really have much playoff experience, if any. Yeah, definitely, definitely a little worrisome. Um, and then do we want to start to get into the Celtics and kind of talk yeah, about what's going to go on tonight and um, what? what went on on Friday. That was a special yeah, I think game. We should definitely start with what happened on game three on Friday night. Obviously Jason Tatum, 50 points, 16 to 30 from the field, 13 to 15 from the free throw line. I think that's just a, an all around really impressive performance. Yeah. Like especially, I mean, 50 points on only 30 shots, like 30 shots sounds like a lot, but for a guy like Tatum, especially in this series, who's asked to do so much. Like shooting over 50% on 30 field goal attempts is really impressive. Yeah. Yeah, and I think I think we also got some great contributions out of people who, you know, we've been ragging on all year. Tristan Thompson played really well, brought a lot of energy. Um, he had 19 Definitely. and 13. And then Marcus Smart, who's, you know, been the punching bag for the Celtics' woes, came out, shot five for eight from three yeah five for eight from three um yeah showed us why he's a part of this team i guess um yeah yeah Uh, yeah and i thought i thought for evan fournier played pretty well he wasn't amazing yet but he had 17 points on 50 percent shooting like that's pretty much all you can ask me if you'd like him to do a little better like i'd like him just kind of establish himself as that secondary scorer next to tatum especially with how Terrible Kemba's been. Yeah, Kemba Walker. Kemba Walker. I, I'm I'm on my last straw with him. I really am. Definitely. I'm I'm struggling to. I mean, I've been I've been off the train of, and it's been hard to root for him. But you know, last night was bad. I mean, six points in what did he play? Thirty four minutes. Oh, yeah, it's brutal. It's just it, you, I I almost feel bad for the guy in the sense that you know like. He doesn't. He like. He almost doesn't deserve the hate he's gonna get because you know it's it's not totally on him. Like it's a little bit on Danny Ainge, and I think a lot of the hate is a bit misdirected. Um, Definitely towards the guy. Yeah, but I also think like when you're being paid thirty four million dollars and you sat out back to backs all season with the idea of being fresh for the playoffs yeah. and then to go out and play like this. Like, it's just not a good look for you at all. 
Yeah, I mean, not I think... to mention the defensive stretches he had. I mean, he's on Harden for points of the game. I was yeah. super, super confused by that. I mean, I really yeah. don't know what it's Brad just was tough. It's like The Nets don't have anyone you can hide him on. No, I mean, they you know, don't. They're, they're all talented, especially in the backcourt. They're offensive players. <sighs> yeah. Even if you try to put him on a guy like Joe Harris, Joe Harris is just bigger and is – very a deceptively very skilled offensive player who can yeah. do more than just spot up from three. It's not like he's you're putting on Duncan Robinson. Joe Harris is a much more complete offensive player. Yeah, no, I feel you there for sure. Um, and then I mean, what are you thinking going into tonight? Into tonight, what are your expectations really for the Celtics? Um, I mean, I think. I don't know. I think it'll be interesting to see how the guarding crowd. Obviously, it'll be a full crowd again tonight. It yeah. wasn't. It was a reduced crowd on uh, Friday because the restrictions in Massachusetts got lifted yesterday. So I think it'll be interesting to see how that impacts them. Like, hopefully, the crowd will be able to rally them. I think Tatum's going to have to be like spectacular again yeah. if they want to have any chance. Like, I think. At least forty. Like, I'm not asking for fifty. Yeah. But yeah. No. Like seriously. At least forty. Like at the end of the day, I don't think Kyrie is going six for seventeen again. I, really I know. Don't. But and I, I also think the, like the Celtics are doing some stuff on Friday night that they can continue to do. Yeah. Tonight, like where they get getting Tatum, like favorable favorable matchups against guys like Kyrie and Blake Griffin. Like, yeah. I think you can continue to do that. Like. The Nets do a toss all the time. I can't see why we can't do it back to them. Yeah. And then, like, I don't know. Not having Robert Williams, I think, is going to be tough. Yeah. It doesn't sound like he's going to play tonight. Um, Kemba's, like, banged up again, I guess, with a knee bone bruise. So, who knows what, if anything, you'll get from him. So, that means you're counting on guys like Tristan Thompson and Marcus Smart to be second, third, or fourth options on offense, which I think is a recipe for disaster. Yeah. I I think hopefully some guys off the bench can continue to make positive impacts. Like Romeo Langford yeah, was Romeo. a team high, plus 21 in 27 minutes on Friday night and played good defense on guys like Harden and Durant when he was on them. Yeah. Obviously he's not going to shut them down, but – is having another body you can throw at those guys. So you got the guys like Tatum and Smart can have a possession where they, they don't have to be guarding a guy like that. Yeah. I think is really important. Yeah, no, I'm with you there. I mean, I think Langford, like, uh, we're going to need someone like Langford or Pritchard to, like, be good, good, because I don't think we see more than 20 out of Kemba. And maybe he proves me wrong, and we do, but the, the numbers tell me that it's not very likely. Um, yeah. and we kind of need it to win because Tatum can't throw up another 50. Like, it's just, again, it's just a likelihood thing. It's probably not going to happen. Yeah. Um, if you're asking your best player for 50 every night to win, it's probably not going to go well. No, no. And, I mean, you know, if Jason starts cold, I mean, it's like someone's got to pick up the slack a little bit. Um. So. Yeah, exactly. Like, I, I don't know. I mean, my expectations for tonight is – like show that same fight that we 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 showed yeah. on Friday. I know, like to me, it was a bit of a fluke game, and uh, maybe mm-hmm. not a fluke game because the Celtics 
the Celtics show that they can play that way. They just aren't. They don't do it consistently. And yeah, it, it reminded me, you know, say if the San Antonio game where Tatum had sixty two, like, yeah, they turned yeah. it around and played really well. But you know, there's there's always a downside, and it's like the downside yeah. is Jason Tatum can't throw up fifty every night, and Kyrie can't like absolutely shit himself every night. It's just yeah. like you got to be realistic. Yeah, and I still think there's been a pattern just throughout the season of like the Celtics will have a performance like that where they look really good, but then yeah. they don't build on it, and no. they just kind of revert back to what they were before, which is a very inconsistent team that doesn't give consistent effort. Yeah, and I and I mean tonight we're probably gonna we're I mean we're gonna see forty minutes of Tristan Thompson probably, and yeah. you know. God forbid, maybe we have to see Luke Cornett out there. Probably more Grant, but yeah, that's... I thought Grant played well. Yeah, um, he, well, no, he did. Yeah, he was a, he's a plus fifteen in his eleven minutes, which is so, definitely solid. He, I think this is a series where you can use him because the yeah. Nets seem pretty sad on not letting DeAndre Jordan touch the floor. Yeah, that's interesting. I mean, Claxton. Claxton's been good in this series. I thought, especially in the first two games, he was really impressive. Um, yeah, he's a, he's a young guy that I like a lot, and I think, but they don't like Steve Nash doesn't seem super willing to play him a ton. So I mean, they're running pretty yeah. small ball out there, and again, you know, Grant Williams. I've said a lot of nasty things about the guy, but you know, defensively, you can throw him in in small ball lineups, and he'll give you what you need for sure. Yeah. Yeah, and, like, if he's matched up on Blake Griffin, like, I like that matchup for Me too. Totally. And, like, I think – I don't think Blake Griffin's doing much. Yeah, he just – this series. He doesn't have the step to yeah. beat anybody off the dribble, so it's, yeah. it's really not a concern. Uh, yeah. And he plays hard, plays with some heart. That's all you – that's all we need out of the guy. Um, so, yeah. I don't know. And just to wrap things up, like, I think – you can't really – no one's really expecting the Celtics to win, but we are expecting them to show that they care and to yeah. try hard exactly. and at least be competitive. Yeah, just final note, you know, where do you see this series ending? What's your uh, prediction? It's maybe the Celtics win one more, but, like, I'm not even confident in that. So I think six at the max. Yeah, I'm airing a little bit. More, more likely five. Yeah, I'm, I'm airing towards the five side of things. But you never know. I mean, maybe Durant yeah. or Harden gets cold tonight, and they could yeah. struggle too. I mean, I like a lot of their bench guys, but they're, they're you know, it's a, it's the little Andrew Shamets of the world. They're not difference makers. Um like certain guys on the Celtics can be. Um, so I don't know. I mean, hoping for the best, expecting the worst. And I think any other way of looking at it is uh, not the smartest as a fan. Um, so, yeah, I guess that kind of wraps it up for today. Uh, yeah, and we're excited to keep the podcast coming in the future, covering more. Boston sports, maybe talk some Red Sox in the future. Um, so, yeah. Alrighty. Yeah. Um, thank you for listening, and we hope you come back for the next episode. Bingo.